0: Hello, I'm Arnold Hamilton, editor of the Oklahoma Observer.
1: And I'm Marianne Martin. And this is ObserverCast, your weekly deep dive into Oklahoma politics and policy. Presented by the Mary Lou Lemon Foundation. We thought 2020 was a bad year, right? But uh, it's just kind of been one year after the other. And 2023 in Oklahoma politics has been anything but boring. Um, we're staring at a, an election year in 2024. You know, we're days away from an election year. We're days away from Iowa caucuses. We're days away from the pure insanity of Republicans trying to get elected, reelected in a hyper, super nuclear majority state. Um, And so we're here with the one, the only, the fantastic Cal Hobson to help us recap what has happened in 2023 and maybe look forward to some predictions for 2024. So former state Senator Cal Hobson, thank you so much for joining us this evening. We had some technical difficulties at the start, but you know, it's 2023, man. What else is it going to do? So... Nothing can be easy, can it? So, so welcome. How
2: are you, sir? Uh, just great. I'm delighted to be here. We'll have a fun hour together. I certainly have some thoughts about the ups and downs and insanity, both in D.C. and I guess mostly more back here in Oklahoma. So, anytime you want to set us on our path, I'm ready to follow.
1: Sure. So, and, so, let me just,
0: and let me yeah. just add, if you have, you know, particularly after listening to this episode, you may just decide you can't get enough Cal Hobson. And we have lots of Cal Hobson on our Oklahoma Observer Substack online, which also gets then picked up, harvested, and put at okobserver.org on the net. So if you want to know what Cal's thinking, well, that's your place to go. That's a good place for it. Yep. 365 a year.
1: So let's start. Let's let you know what. Let's start. Let's start at Congress, right? Like some of the methods at Congress. If we want to go there for a bit, I mean, we have kind of this wackadoodle congregation now, <laughs> for lack of a better way to describe
0: it. <laughs> yeah, when Frank Lucas looks like a statesman, that tells you that tells you all you need to know about Bye. Oklahoma's congressional delegation. Oh, I mean, Tom Cole. Helen Cole is spinning. I'm just telling you. Oh, my God.
2: Well, and think this through. Uh, that's such a good point. And then the, the one guy that probably is an adult in that leadership world up there uh, in in the uh, Oklahoma delegation, uh, Tom Cole, think, think this through. He's got 22 years experience up there. He chairs a subcommittee of appropriations. Which makes him a so-called cardinal, one of the fourteen <laughs> cardinals. Uh, he is chairman of the rules committee, which is the most powerful committee up there. Unlike the rules committees back here, he put all that together. He hasn't made anybody particularly in mad mad up there. He seems to be widely respected and gets along even with some Democrats. Put all that together. They then go through um, any anybody that's still breathing in the Republican caucus and come up with a a right winger that finally gets all the votes, who's been uh, exposed now as one of the schemers in Congress uh, uh, with the uh, nonsense that Trump's put out here for going on four years about the election being stolen. So the place is completely insane. Uh, the former speaker uh, uh, lasts a few months because he gave away all the jewelry to the, to the kingdom, to the nuttiest of nuts in his own caucus. What did he think would happen? Of course, they were going to throw him out because they're purists. And uh, if you're going to govern, you have to do it, you know, kind of from the middle or uh, in a compromising situation because there's nothing pure about politics on the left or on the right that's too long of a comment, but that's what I think. about <laughs> on, on it, it,
1: It's really, it is very funny because, you know, it took Kevin McCarthy 15 votes initially at the beginning of the year to actually, you know, win the vote to be speaker of the house. Um, you know, but there was always that poison pill in to get, to get it passed. Right. I mean, he totally kowtowed to the Matt Gates faction you know, and so, I mean, he, he, he hung his own noose when he did this, right? Um, but the worst part was, is the Democrats probably would have let it pass if he hadn't gone and talked shit all weekend after they passed that budget bill, right? So he spends his a weekend yapping his jaws about how it's the Democrats' fault that they passed this bill. They're like, oh, is it now? so when matt gates said what matt gates was going to do and he did it the democrats are like you know what we're voting with that i mean he deserved every single bit of what he got
2: i i don't disagree with (laughs) that he 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 did and now he's quickly moved on and some role that he he's going to play well we know what that role is going to be he's going to sell his access as a lobbyist or play like he's not a lobbyist, but you know, still take right,
1: right. And he's you know. gonna be a talking head on Fox News. He's gonna uh, draw a nice little paycheck from that. Because for those it. who don't know, he actually resigned. And um, you know, Representative uh Eric Swalwell actually called it like days before McCarthy stepped down. Swalwell was like, He has nowhere else to go, he's going to resign. And sure enough, he did. You know, and I mean to think of our Oklahoma delegation, so we have Frank Lucas. We have Tom Cole, so that's kind of like the western half of the state. Yep. Um, we have Stephanie Bice, like, Jesus, where did, she just comes out of nowhere from the right. Um, we've got Josh Burkeen, good night, almighty, um, Kevin Hearn, and then we've <laughs> come, God damn, we got, I, I mean, <laughs> it's like people just say Mullen's first name, and it's like, the, the 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 trick is up right like everyone knows who like everyone not in oklahoma was like mark way two first names like what so I mean, it's just like we're a total laughing stock as a state
2: uh well why don't you just stand your butt up for being so critical <laughs> <No, laughs>
1: right he's like picking a fight with a mo- like a union boss man i know where my money's at even if i was a republican
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're right as critical as i was of the house it's pretty hard to top a uh, cowboy, plumber, whatever he is from Oklahoma, uh, wanted to ha- have a, a fist fight uh, in, in a beautiful Senate committee room. And of all people, a 108-year-old uh, uh, senator from uh, Vermont, I guess it is. Yes,
1: Bernie Sanders. Yes. Sanders I,
2: to come to the rescue.
1: I know. You, you got to think, it's too bad they don't have one of those boxing ring bells, you know, like,
2: yeah, ding, ding, <laughs> just ding,
0: ding. To call
1: things the order.
0: I wish you could have heard the conversation in our living room this week with Face the Nation when Robert Costa had, or maybe it was CBS Sunday Morning had, uh, um, uh, oh no, it was Face the Nation had uh, James Langford on.
1: And the
0: the publisher of The Observer, uh, the lovely Beverly Hamilton, uh, just nearly lost her mind that this guy is representing Oklahoma and... You know, you think about the two that we have, and it's dumb and dumber. You know, it just is. It just yeah. You know, what happened to the yeah, you know, we had, we had Robert S. Kerr there for many years. The Carl Albert Giants in Washington, you know, Carl Albert. I'm golly. Uh, Tom right. Steed. Uh oh. you know, you can go oh, down yeah. Tom to Steed. Yeah, he gets overlooked, but Mike, you talk about somebody who got things done. Holy right. cow. Yeah, you know,
1: there I was um Just about that, just kind of to reflect on the days of yore, you know, um, there was a film crew here um, on OU's campus that I had to interact with uh, because they were um, needing access to parts of my workplace on campus. And um, so they were out of New York City and um, it it just so turns out it was the documentary on the Girl Scout murders. Mm. that with uh, Chris and Jenna with, right didn't know this when they came. but anyways, so they spent a lot of time you know in Oklahoma and just around and they're like, you guys have a lot of stuff and I mean and I I, I, I understand people on the coasts think that we're just you know Godforsaken prairie in this part of the country and it's something that absolutely drives me insane. But I was like yeah, we used to have an incredibly powerful, congressional delegation you know we we had you know the speaker of the house i mean we had very well-placed people who got stuff done for the state of oklahoma um kept growing up in midwest city Del City, you see it you know you say Steve, that was an elementary school right like that psh, we once had that Yep. um, and the state benefited from it in so many ways and now we have this like clown car <laughs> yep.
2: of Congress people <laughs> Well, and don't don't forget the the two B's. Uh, we, we had Henry Bellman, who was yes. incredibly respected. I think he chaired the mm-hmm. budget committee. you had uh, David Bourne for yep. his uh, 12 years or so uh, chaired and changed the entire philosophy and structure of the intelligence uh, community world in, in America. You had Dave McCurdy, who also chaired Intel over in the house. I mean, the, the list can be endless. Let's uh, not
0: forget Mike Sinar.
2: Of course, that that's right, Mike Sinar. And Mike Sinar, more than any other human, probably ought to get credit for uh, rounding up the tobacco industry, putting them in their place. Um, making them step up and tell the truth. And finally, as you all know, a $202 billion tobacco settlement that mm-hmm. benefited every state in the union and our state. I will just take tremendously
1: you, tremendous impact.
2: Yes. And we wisely put our money, our, our share of the tobacco settlement, again, thanks to Drew Edmondson, Jerry Askins, and a handful of others uh, into a trust fund. It's still there today. It's producing more than hundred million dollars a year that goes for uh, uh, remediation, for other programs, cessation. So uh, those probably
1: those... the most most effective public health organization we have in the state of Oklahoma is that is TSET. You know, I mean,
2: yeah, Tobacco Settlement Endowment Trust. That's right. Yeah. It is, and uh, you know. <laughs> It is that what that you just described. And what did the Republicans do when they got in charge for 10 or 11 years under Mary Fallon? And then Mm -hmm. the the current governor, I can hardly say his name. We Mm -hmm. turned down billions of dollars of Medicaid money for the Mm -hmm. health needs of our folks. Uh, It's just a 180. I'll never understand it. They want to govern, they can't govern, and they not only can't govern, they uh, do great harm uh, to the citizens of this state who apparently just enjoy uh, voting for people who do the very worst they can to serve the people who vote for them. So that
1: just sorry, Arnold. I just like okay. So we have our culture culture war congressional car you like what i did there like all the alliteration okay. okay. i got there yeah. but um so you have that but uh, well arnold you should probably go first because i'm just thinking of all the people who have been knocked off the rolls of medicaid this year um and with without a peep from the governor's office right so arnold what were you going to
0: well no first? i just i wanted to take one more minute on tom cole and cal yeah. get, your, get your thoughts i i i is this just the way Tom Cole has always been or has he reached a stage where he's just all about keeping power and keeping status and, and, uh, Until uh, and, retired? And, there's, and it really doesn't matter. <laughs> you know,
2: I, you know, I've known him forever. It seems uh, this is a little known fact, but in 1980, uh, my younger brother, ran against Representative Helen Cole for the House of Representatives and came within 53,47 in the year that Reagan was elected uh, president. So uh, proud of my brother. It was a, a close, tough race. Uh, Tom is uh, intellectually uh, probably in the top five or ten percent of the Congress. He has an earned PhD. He knows history. He can quote it to you. He knows politics. He's had every important uh, appointed job or elected job uh, within the Republican world up there and and down here. He has his own uh, polling firm that's been very effective. I could go. He was chief of staff for uh, Frank Keating. He's uh, secretary of state. On and on and on. And yes, I am with you. I am so frustrated with a guy whose seat is safe, absolutely safe for him, who could also absolutely provide some real powerful bipartisan leadership if he just would, but he will not for the reason that you stated. It's just safer and easier to toe that hard right line uh, and then Take whatever can happen, and that's just good enough. It's very, very frustrating.
0: So Oklahoma suffers with him just riding off into the sunset.
2: That's what I think is going to happen. He's, uh, you know, about mid-70s, something like that. And uh, so he'll get elected uh, a few more times. And Marianne may be right. Maybe uh, he's waiting for Governor Anatoly to retire. But I'm afraid there's somebody in line ahead of Tom Cole. That a would little, be uh, does, does, it,
1: does his name start with T and end with W?
2: No, I think no. it's okay. I'll, I yield to my friend there; he knows Arnold.
0: No, it's 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 Governor Anatubby's son, right? That's right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, he ain't going to step aside. So uh, yeah. he Got may it. Tom could come back for a big salary or whatever, maybe within the tribe. But uh, anyway, he 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 could have done much more, retained his seat but he just damn will not take on the far right wing bunch. He never has. He's always looked for a way to stay involved, active, uh, and partisan.
1: And the the thing is, is um, if you get his emails, you know, his Mm -hmm. from the desk uh, emails, uh, for those of us that are in CD4, it, it really is disappointing how very partisan he is because of you know, where his district sits. I mean, he's in at least, a, you know, he has some blue, if not purple areas within CD four. Um, but I mean, he's just, I mean, he, he's really no different. Um, well he's not as bad, but I guess he's just, he doesn't have to jockey for position in the power, you know, for p- position in the party, the same way that Stephanie buys has to, you know, she's up against, um, what's what's that lunatic from New York City? Uh, but anyways, it's just uh it, it's just surprising how how, gosh, his vitriol against President Biden um not it doesn't not acknowledging the the impact that you know the ARPA funds and you know a lot of Biden's policies have actually had on our state um, but he he's he's towing the same line as the rest of them. You know, saying that Biden's some villain. I'm like, we we have needed that money in Oklahoma. Um, we've had positive impact from it. And you know, he's he's no different than the rest of the members in the par- the party from, from Oklahoma. It's, well, it really is Stephanie. surprising because he could, he could make too. a difference.
0: You should read Stephanie's columns too, because she has just Ugh. she she's I, I I'm sorry, this is I may be just as wrong as I can be about this, but I am absolutely convinced. That Tom Cole has sat her down and said, "This is what you need to do," and she tows that playbook. And it's just, she is a totally different person than she was when she was in the state legislature.
1: Yes, one hundred percent, because she's got that nice little Pottawatomie County, you know, cut out into her district now. Um, oh, good lord! I mean,
2: I, I had her in my uh, in one of my uh, classes that that Arnold's been kind enough to attend and speak in several times, uh, it was right after her, uh, really serious work on modernizing the liquor laws in Oklahoma. She yeah. worked hard in that and she was very pleasant and was very straightforward in answering the questions. Uh, uh there was none of this, uh, you know, right wing dialogue. And then, uh, you know, whenever Tom, well, he, he'll even have her down there sitting near him when he's handling some bill on the floor and he'll yield her two or three minutes. And all it is, is she parrots, uh, exactly what he just said, sits back down. So it's, it's a sad place that she's ended up, but, and she wasn't, you're right. She wasn't like that in the, in the Oklahoma Senate and had the ability to, to grow past it. But, uh, Tom, you know, used to come back to Oklahoma and do a few town hall meetings Uh, and I used to go to them, and uh, he, he, this is hard to say, but it's true, Tom would just lie to you. For example, uh, I asked him point blank in at least two of those town hall meetings, why don't you step up and help on Medicaid expansion? You know Oklahoma is full of people who die early, who have all kinds of diseases, who smoke, drink, and carry on and we desperately need that money. And he says, oh, no, 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 that's not a federal issue. That, that's up to the legislature to decide and the governor. Well, I knew he had been at the Capitol all that week working the boys up there to make sure they stayed hooked up with a no vote on Medicaid expansion. And thank God the citizens of this state had to circulate the initiative petition, had to beat back the right wingers. And, you know, now we've, we're have we one of the 40 states that accept Medicaid expansion. But he could have done that uh, quickly, earlier, with a snap of his fingers, and there'd be a lot of people alive today that are dead now because he wouldn't step up and provide the leadership necessary.
0: I wonder how many health facilities would have gone belly up, too, particularly in rural Oklahoma.
2: Well, have just like we... hospitals, uh, uh, at Walter's, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Frederick, uh, Cyril, uh, Paul's Valley, uh, just a painful list of places that uh, now, if you, if you get sick in uh, Ardmore, Oklahoma, you got one stop until you get to Purcell, uh, more than an hour's drive, the golden hour, because there are no more hospitals along that track anymore. Purcell just built a new one, thank God, but... Um, yeah, If if you live in rural Oklahoma, you better not get sick unless you got access to a helicopter because you ain't going to make it in time to, to make it.
1: Well, and I, I was listening to some folks talk. Gosh, I can't remember where I was, but how um, I believe it's a McAllister. They're not going to deliver babies anymore. You know, I mean, that and that that's a drive, right? That's a hike, because what if that's. McAllister. that means you've got to go to fort smith is that where you got i mean
2: uh well Burton it's one, county maybe it's ada ada cheese and they would go you know they would go to uh here's another great example they would go to the new massively uh uh modern uh, chickasaw yeah uh, thanks to the chickasaws and um, that's a great transition to the to the dummy that runs this state right now or, he thinks he does Kevin Stitt has worked overtime to fight with the best news we have in Oklahoma which is our tribes and I don't get it
1: no I mean because kind of like on that same vein you know we have the Cherokee Nation opening a teaching hospital you know which no one else has done because we have two but like a brand spanking new teaching hospital to tackle you know a popular like talk about innovation and um uh you know bringing new things needed things and resources to the state and yep. he's like and then you saw the license tag fiasco up in Tulsa
2: that's right right
1: like so just to recap for folks who may not know you know suddenly folks with a, a um tribal license tags we're getting pulled over, and it was the OHP, right? That was saying, "Well, you're not registered with the state if you have a tribal tag." So it was trumped up, um, and so it just be like I I, I remember, um, you know, our friend Jim Gray was like, "The tribes, the tribal leaders need to earn their paychecks right now because this is, this is outrageous." Um, you know, so like I guess Cherokees that weren't, you know, in Northeast Oklahoma were getting pulled over because they had Cherokee tags and such and and whatnot. Um, but just that purposeful antagonist, you know, like just being purposely antagonistic to the tribes.
2: Well, um, think about think about this. You, you talk about the tags. There's the also the issue of the tobacco uh, fees or sharing of the money and all that. Now, most recently, just last week, here come the Chickasaws because they're tired of waiting for, uh, state government to get its act together on the issue of sports wagering, Mm -hmm. which, you know, just, just three or four or five years ago, there were one or two States with that. Now there's over 35, but not Oklahoma because we can't get our act together. So the Chickasaws tried out a plan to offer, um, mobile, uh, sports wagering. You can like it or hate it, but it's, it's the reality of the situation do it at uh, Windstar down on the border, because they will then access even more of the Texas traffic. So what does Stid do? The The checks have got this worked out with the federal government. They're going to make it happen. It's a reality. It's going to enhance uh, revenue both for the checks and for uh, the state. So what does he say? He says, well, I think that's a good idea. I'm but I want to do it with private sector with commercial companies. commercial ready. Mm-hmm. That's right. And who does he mean when he says that kind of thing, he means those massive companies out in Vegas.
1: That, and all those companies that have, have been licking their chops for decades to get into the state.
2: Yes. And the second piece of that is they're, they're interested in having access to Oklahoma where we have 135 casinos which mean that means the competition would be intense. But here's where they really wanna go. They want access to all those people down in Texas because Texas does not have uh, wagering down there, does not have any uh, tribal casinos except one down on the Mexican border. So it's really that pool of people in DFW that mm-hmm. I think big dogs in Vegas are really after. And he's just being the mouthpiece for them. And Oklahoma non-tribal land would be the perfect setting for that kind of activity. And those people will take all their profits back to Nevada and invest it there or somewhere else. They're damn sure not going to build any hospitals or roads or anything like that or schools in Oklahoma. Take that to the bank. And, oh, no, that's for later. I'll stop there. (laughs)
1: but to the disenrollment of people from medicaid right so that's that's something that's a big deal this year uh you know this was like uh the the sunsetting of uh the, the the extension and the expansion of medicaid um eligibility uh related to covid um and not a peep not a peep not you know just, uh, we've been at the hospital plenty this year as always, and you know, there's signs everywhere reminding people, you know, up, update your, update your stuff, but like not a peep. So, you know, tens of thousands of people losing access, uh, to healthcare, um, on Stitt's watch. Um, and I don't know about you guys, but I have noticed a lot of job positions, uh, opening in the state of Oklahoma for the soon to be medic, uh, managed care, uh, organizations, uh, so a little, you know, bumper crop of positions for managed care to um, essentially outsource the Oklahoma Healthcare Authority um, to Aetna and whatnot. Um, so that that's that's been happening this year. Uh, yeah, do we, Arnold...
0: any, do we need any better examples than than that and the and the gaming issue and so forth to suggest that Stitz tenure as governor has been really one giant grift that's what he's all about is making money for himself and his buddies it's donald trump jr Go right here yeah in oklahoma and this is a guy i swear if you look up the term nouveau riche in the dictionary you will see yes. his picture because but, uh, this yeah, is a guy who, yes if he you know he grew up he was you know he was a preacher's kid he, had, he didn't have any money and thanks to his brother and some other people who had apparently had more smarts, he's, he lives in Oak tree now. Yeah, and okay. of course wants to, wanted to cash in on the, you know, the tax deal. And so
1: so that brings us to the other grift <laughs> are the vouchers. Mm-hmm. I was just looking earlier at the, um the, the, what can I, I would, as a parent, I would only call price gouging by a lot of the private schools that have jacked up you know, they've they've built into their tuition tables the tax credits, (laughs) you know, and so they've like, they have this nice little buffer now in what they would charge families um, that includes a tax credit, you know, up to $7,000 of of a tax credit. Um, That I'm just kind of like, I I feel like uh, maybe Mrs., Mrs. Stitt like hit the gong when he got home that night. After he ran his mouth to the the news about, yeah, I'm going to, we're going to apply for a tax credit.
2: (laughs) But I read that Marianne, I, I said, this can't be right. It, 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 they must've dropped a word where he said, and we are not going. (laughs) to. I read that I multiplied 7,500 times three. It's about $22,500. He's got three kids in private schools. And the guy says, Oh, you know, as governor, I only make $156,000 or something like that. So every little bit helps. Are you kidding me? Do you think that's stupid? So the next day, of course, somebody on his staff said, Governor, you you can't (laughs) take this money. You can't do that. So, you know, he had to. Yeah. Right. Right. Incredible.
0: So, So now, Cal, correct me if I'm wrong on this we really will never know who's gotten this money the way that the thing was crafted we don't really have an idea who's applying for and who's getting the money on these things
1: so and 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 i want to interject
0: in other states you do know because there was a new report out this week out of arizona and what they discovered was exactly what everybody suspects is going to happen here in oklahoma which is People who were already in private schools who could afford private education were the ones who cashed in on these things. So, a couple,
1: I mean, yeah, let's think, let's think through that a little bit because the governor's office, the governor's office was quick out of the gate saying 30,000 people signed up in 90 minutes. So, the governor's office said this. Yeah. right. Right. Okay. Sure. Right. Whatever, governor. Okay. But 30,000 people, there are only 32,000 private school students in the state of Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. And those private schools, do you think they have enough like build room to add 30,000 kids to their rosters? They don't. When we only have 150 schools that have like been applied, who have applied and been approved to to use the tax credits, right? So there's no way. Go ahead.
0: No, I was just saying, and who do you think helped? that many people. Right. Why Navigate quickly. that system. Exactly.
1: Because the folks who make $75,000 and less a year who would actually possibly benefit from this don't have the time to sit down and navigate this portal. They don't have the counselors. They don't have the people at the schools. And you know, the schools are in on it because they're building it into their damn tuition tables. Right. Like that tells me what I need to know.
2: I don't have to say anything about this subject because I wrote a column about it. I think uh, Arnold's already posted it. You all have covered exactly the points I was trying to make about the the, the pool of eligible eligible folks all had the counselors and the assistants in the private schools. They've had their eyeballs on this since the bill was signed and passed. They gobbled up $150 million dollars $150 $150 million in less than an hour and a half. And next year, they'll gobble up $300 million more. And two other things. Uh, they say, well, we really hope folks making less than $150,000 will get in on this deal. But there's no real cap. You could actually have families that make millions of dollars wheedle, wheedle their way into this deal. So it's the biggest ripoff of money that ought to go to the other 93% of the kids in the in the public schools, but they have busted their ass to reward 30,000 kids instead who are already being well taken care of.
1: You have freaking CPAs and attorneys that can sit around and advise them on this shit, right? Like, I mean, it is insane. anyone who's applied just even for like student financial aid in college right like that is not an easy process it's just it blows my mind if we think suddenly we have 30,000 new private school students in the state of Oklahoma we do not
2: no that's right
1: because those parents know you can't get your kids there half the time right like it this is just the most absurd talking point I think this year
2: yeah it's uh, just the worst ripoff uh of money that ought to go to public schools in the history of the state, and that was not enough for him. Uh, with John Eccles and other people who know better, they got to follow that up with a bill that says we want to be the first in the nation to forget what the founding fathers said—that there's something about separation of church and state.
1: Mm-hmm. We got to
2: we got to stick a bunch of money over here in a Catholic school, I believe. That is guaranteed Mm -hmm. to be struck down, just like all the abortion laws continually are struck down. But they want to go down that path for whatever reason, for whatever crew is out there that they think are going to reward them. I guess it's the DeVos crowd in Michigan, I guess. That's who they're pandering to. I don't understand it. And I also don't understand why people would reelect them when they're so busy looking out for a handful of Richie riches while the rest of their kids are still 48th 49th in per capita spending to educate them in Oklahoma that's still the reality is it not it is
1: i i, I mean i and i i i suspect you know and i i think we've said this before this year was that you know i i'm i'm kind of mystified that it's the catholic church running this um, because they feel very persecuted in the state of Oklahoma, right? Like I grew up Catholic, so I know I know what I'm talking about. But you know, but at the same time, you know, Catholics feel but the the archdiocese here feel very persecuted. But the flip side of that is, you know, the Protestants do shit on Catholics, so it goes both ways, you know. But to have for the Catholic Church, like, do they have no fucking excuse me fucking dignity because they're carrying the water for these evangelicals? to try and strike down the the you know the 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 wall between church and state and a state that could give a shit less about catholics doesn't even think it's actual a religion and they want to take this to the supreme court because you know that's their their ultimate goal is they want the supreme court to rule on it and they think they have amy coney barrett and whatnot up there right. um but it's just Wait like I
0: thought the US Supreme Court was all about states rights. I mean, let's talk about reproductive rights and those kinds of things. Oh, sure. And the, and the voters and the voters of Oklahoma <laughs> very recently said, uh uh-uh. uh No tax dollars, no public yep. dollars for any but We just got to keep going. Purpose. We just got to keep
1: doing it. We got to keep trying. Okay. the people right. don't know. The people don't know. Well, they they elected you in, so yeah, they don't know,
2: right? Let me let me add a little scenario that I think is interesting. This guy, Stitt, uh, on the one hand, picks fights with all the wrong people. I'll give you two groups. First, the tribes. We've talked about that extensively. Secondly, who else does he decide to pick fights with? Well, the legislature. So let's just have a war with him all along. <laughs> But then if you ask the question, where was he not willing to pick a fight or at least stand up for the folks? Here's where his former attorney general, John O'Connor, who was his personal lawyer uh, decades ago when he was run out of Indiana and uh, Georgia, O'Connor didn't do his duty over in front of our Oklahoma Supreme Court related to Superstorm Uri, mm. And you know the game that's gone on at the Corporation Commission. Mm. We're talking billions of dollars. O'Connor did not file a word of protest on that. He didn't just ignore that because he was stupid. He may be stupid, but he was undoubtedly ordered by uh, uh, Stitt to not file, intervene on behalf of the ratepayers. So my point is he picks fights with people he shouldn't, and he doesn't pick fights with people that he should look out for. That's the kind of guy we've got running this state for, I guess, a couple, three more years.
1: 100%. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Yeah.
0: The only good news about him fight uh, picking fights with the legislature yeah. is that um, he didn't manage to, to uh, ram through a state income tax, another cut to the state income tax, Uh, at a time when, you know, coffers are in better shape than they've been in a while. A lot of that thanks to an infusion of federal COVID money, by the way.
2: Big money. That's right. But
0: that's, you know, but at least I I keep trying to think, well, what good did happen this year? (laughs) And that was one good thing.
2: It didn't happen. So that was a
0: good thing. You know,
2: good in the negative, you know, (laughs) yeah, There's another, and you just touched on it, but think this through. Everybody that shouldn't get any credit for finally uh, providing broadband service throughout the state of Oklahoma will be at the in, in front of the camera cutting the ribbons when that billion four hundred million dollar a billion four hundred million dollars is allocated mostly in rural Oklahoma to provide those poor suffering people the ability to be in the 21st century. Thanks to who? Thanks to Joe Biden Mm -hmm. and every Democrat (laughs) in D.C. and not a single Republican up there nor back here. But you watch who will take credit for it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's happened over and over in category after category. But if you've been following the revenue stream the last few months uh, from the treasurer's office, we've been down this thing before you're seeing a significant erosion in the last three months have actually collected less money in those three months than the same three months the previous year.
0: But Cal, let's let's not worry about this. Reverend Todd Russ, God is speaking to him directly on this. And we are we are divesting ourselves of any <laughs> ESG money and we're investing in Israel. And so all will be well.
2: You know, I'm going to sleep better tonight after hearing that from uh, <laughs> Reverend Hamilton. I, I didn't know. Brother
1: Hamilton, yes.
2: <laughs> Should we sing a hymn now? <laughs> uh, how about holy, holy, holy? I know the first three words. And
1: yeah. peace likes a river. Yes.
2: No.
0: <laughs> Shall we gather at the river? Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
2: One other thing in my little notes here, if I can find it, how can we talk about 2023 without a little, you said good news. I'll give you some bipartisan good news, okay? I am very impressed with the courage of a fellow named Gettner Drummond, who I believe is a Republican who acts like a Democrat. He's taken back all these scandals from the Oklahoma uh, District Attorney's Office. Uh, who would have screwed it up the previous one and he's going to call to account you know name them epic swadley school land commission there are others Uh, all those uh, uh, dominoes are yet to fall so i want to give him a pat on the back secondly the auditor inspector cindy bird is a tiger on also uh, doing her job and doing it right we've got a wonderful democrat down in the Oklahoma County and the district attorney's shop. She beat a moron that would have uh, been horrible uh, if he had been elected uh, the district attorney. Uh, I could go on. But there are slivers of good news. And also, you've had these people uh, on here and also at your event over at the Full Circle Bookstore. I'm impressed, very impressed with uh, uh, the leadership of the minority party here. And one other piece of good news, the current regime, the leadership of the the majority leadership of the House and the Senate from the top down through and including the appropriations chairman and the floor leaders, all and speaker and pro tem. They're going to be all new faces. My view is it couldn't be much worse.
0: Well, I don't know, we'll see about that. <laughs> I'd be more hopeful than I am. I'm not in, entirely
2: convinced of that. I mean, so I would like have to some special elections, right.
1: elections coming up,
2: right? So well, I was just trying to provoke you all into arguing with me uh, about <laughs> worse. and uh, Arnold called my hand on it. Yes. maybe, maybe <laughs> in, in can, the nicest
0: way, of course, yes, it was.
2: with uh, all
0: due respect,
2: <laughs> for example. Senator Treat is trying to go out on a high note, hasn't he? Been out there peddling this idea of transparency and in the budgeting process and all that.
1: We're supposed to be doing that this year. Yep.
2: Yeah. yep. Is that for real or is that just smoke and mirrors?
1: Yeah, he said like by what by beginning of March they were going to have their budget out.
2: Yeah, we'll yeah. see. Yeah, that's right.
1: Exactly. There's no way.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I and I will tell you, you know, Charles McCall. I I would not put anything past him this last year because he is positioning himself to run for governor. <laughs> he's he's some he's del, he's deluded him so he's just he's convinced himself that he has a shot at it and he just doesn't.
2: Now you're coming back to my point that uh, maybe we could do better with those guys uh, uh, all departing. They've been in those key slots for uh, what eight years uh, each of them. The, Speaker, the pro tem, appropriation chairs. So we'll see. There, there may be a flavor of new blood there. It can happen. Uh, okay.
1: Who, who's going to replace them though? You know, I mean, I realize it's really random, right? Like you don't actually have to have a finance background to be an A&B chair. Um, you know, you could be a newspaper editor, for instance, of a small town, you know, newspaper. But
0: like, and it's worked know. pretty well on the Senate side. Yes,
1: I mean, and he he shoots straight, right? Like yeah. he, I mean, oh, he's no, right. you know, he doesn't mess around. But he's also not a numbers guy. You're talking
2: um, about Thompson, right? The chair, yes, Roger, Roger Thompson, Thompson.
1: Yes, and yes. then um you know, Chairman yeah. on the in the House, and um, you know, well, the, and you never
0: know, and you never know who's going to rise up in these things because I, I that's exactly you know, right. Three years ago, I would have never dreamt. That Mark McBride would become something of a hero, and you know oh. he, he looks like Yosemite Sam, and uh, uh, mm-hmm. he really has. Of course, his term limited, so you know all of a sudden you get a lot of courage and you know <laughs> a lot of, a lot of backbone <laughs> when, you, before,
2: when you're staring at the exit <laughs> before you leave that hanging out there, Yosemite Sam. I never dreamed I could get McBride to come speak in my class, but he did because in a previous class, uh, when I was uh, uh, talking about him, I put up a picture of Wilfred Brimley and a picture of <laughs> and this guy, and I said, can you tell which one is which? But to, uh, to McBride's credit, he came to class and did a, did a great job. Now, uh, now
0: I want to say we've been talking for how long now, Marianne? Have you been clocking this? Maybe 45 or 50 minutes. Uh-huh. And Ryan Walters has not been mentioned once. I've thought about him. <laughs> Does that count? <laughs>
2: I've thought about him. Well, you you've already said the F word, so I know. You're... I just keep oh, going. Oh, on. That was <laughs> That was mild. You can't go worse than that. But, oh, I can do worse, that's for sure. Well, let me see if I can provoke you then. Do you know what he did today? The Yeah, this, uh, H&H, right? Okay, all right. I, never mind. Yeah, no surprises. Yeah, but, I mean, this, so,
1: okay, guys, here it goes. So, years ago, there was this post on Twitter, may it rest in peace, you know, <laughs> may Twitter rest in peace, but um. And it was in relation to Stit, and I I don't know what he did because everything he does is dumb. But I always think about this, and I think this should apply to who I call wrecking ball Ryan Walters. So some Stit did something, and someone posted everything needs to go this dumb right here. <laughs> Whenever you talk about Kevin Stit, and I'm like Ryan. <laughs> like i'm sorry what were you doing at h and h today shooting a video and how exactly did that have anything to do with our our our, our, our public schools in the state of oklahoma uh, how did you find yourself out there by whitewater at h and h
2: during uh the work day of course during
1: the work day
2: yeah well i don't have an answer to that except uh he just uh, uh is interested in uh provocation is interested in his own aggrandization his own ego that's uh, uh, all the so rest it,
1: of- I think isn't what he posted he was like Santa guns and Christmas. Yeah. the liberals are after all of them or something and I was like, that's right, well, that's right. sir um this is what I really want to pick apart like uh I'm it's pedantic, but I'm just like you know, Christmas is actually kind of pagan, right? Like we talk about that, right? Like I don't know. I mean, it's just like what is his point? What what is he? What is he trying to do?
2: That you're groping for something that doesn't exist, except pure political uh, uh, self-importance. You can't find a policy thread in that kind of behavior and say here is a here's a policy reason. Ryan, to do this today? there There is no answer to that. No. But if the question is, do you want to be even more important than you think you are today? You would go do something goofy like that, wouldn't you? Because the rest of it, like determining whether kids are doing well on tests or getting into college or whether they have scholarships or whether they have safe schools, that's all hard work. Taking a camera and going out with some goofball at H H and talking about wokeism. That's easy and that's fun. And that's Ryan Walters. Oof. <laughs> which which is weird. why which is why we
0: have debated from time to time whether to even mention his name in The Observer, because nothing thrills him more than to think that he's riled up folks on the left. That's what, you know, that's now, his being.
1: And so the the thing, too, also, um, you know, let's talk about how he is removing the American Library Association standards from the schools. Right. That also happened in the past week. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, I happen to work with librarians and I can tell you that the ALA to them sometimes seems a little too radical, but it's in terms of like information literacy. Right. It's like how, you know, information and how you can make good decision based on the information in front of you. Um, which really, I can understand why Walter's would be a good set. He doesn't want people to be able to discern bullshit from not, right? Like it doesn't serve his purpose for people to be educated and informed and critical consumers of the world around them because then fools like Kim will continue to be elected. So again, back to what I was just saying, this dumb fucker right here. um, you know, he he doesn't want people to be able to think. And so that's very much a discernible platform on his on behalf. Um, but to attack, schools and educators um you know as constantly being woke and i'm just like cal you teach you know you just want people to read the syllabus mm-hmm. you, you just want them to know when to turn stuff in
2: well you there's a broader, them there's a broader uh, uh, set of damages to the state also we can make fun of him and and disregard him and know what he's up to but think this through Time after time, our legislature and this governor will put a pot of money on the table, real money, tax money, millions, hundreds of millions of dollars of our people's money. And they they get to the, almost to the edge. We're in some final race, supposedly with Kansas or Texas or somewhere. And, you know, we never win. We never win and we never listen. An example, Panasonic, Mm -hmm. we put 800, 700 million dollars plus another 300 million on the table for them. They make nice, they're polite, they come to town, they leave, they choose Kansas. They can read press releases, they can watch TV, they can listen to the radio. So when these goofballs do what they do, they don't just hurt political people like us that pay attention they're devastatingly damaging to the rest of Oklahoma and that's something that not enough people think through
1: I mean the things that we're landing in the national news for just the past 10 days alone exactly I mean it's shameful it is shameful yeah um but I I I mean oh I I'm just thinking like if these fools have Higher aspirations. You know, if sit has, you know, higher aspirations or whatever, I'm just like, oh my God, like, oh, like, because New York City knew about Donald Trump and the rest of the country didn't pay attention. Like, you know, are they gonna listen to Little Oklahoma? We were like, do not vote for Stitt.
2: <laughs> like But but New York City didn't vote for Trump. Uh right. so you know, they they showed some wisdom in not doing that. Now since you raised, where is, where is Stitt going to go with his ego? Think this through. I don't believe Donald Trump, who did some fundraisers for him during the campaign, uh, going to invite him back to Mar-a-Lago. DeSantis is running about distant third now in Iowa, which was his best evangelical chance. He's dead in a doornail in New Hampshire. That's where Stitt went, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So I don't think, fortunately, Stitt has any place to go except pedal mortgages again. Good riddance. Uh, as far as Ryan Walters wanting to step up, I think he'll come to his census if he has any and recognize he doesn't have the deep pockets that a fellow named Gettner Drummond has, and De- Gettner Drummond is going to run for governor, and Ryan Walters cannot beat him. So with any luck, by 2026 will be rid of and Walters, and that's that for me at Christmas time is all the two Christmas presents I would like.
1: I think I'd be okay with the Drummond as Gintner at this point in time I, I I reserve the right to change my mind if he sure. starts crazy shit next year, but so far, like you said, Cal he really has um. I'd say even killed. I haven't liked one hundred percent of what he's done, but he has made some really tough calls on some really big issues. That's right. Um. That that you know I have mad respect for how he's operating in office.
0: And and may I point out, I think most of the stuff that we would find appalling is stuff that really is sort of out on the edges. It's on the fringe. It's red meat. For, oh yeah. For the yeah. Republican base, but in terms of a big deal to our lives, no. The stuff that he's really stepped up on is stuff that's of real importance. Right, I mean, work just today, just, think,
1: just compare and contrast um, Drummond's statement, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, uh, D- Drummond's position on enforcing the abortion laws, specifically prosecuting providers versus Ken Paxton's in Texas where there's a mo- a very real mother a re- very real human being in crisis whose life is at risk and Paxton says you know no matter I'm I'm going to prosecute whoever gives her an abortion <laughs> mm-hmm. you know and Drummond had already announced you know we will not prosecute this right gotcha. I mean, that is meaningful and and that has teeth um and I would hope for democrats down the road they remember that shit you know if they're like Parsing, you know, they're being all purists and stuff. When I mean he made and and there's not a lot of Democrats. Honestly, we know this, there's not a lot of Democrats who would be as bold as that.
2: Well, yes. And let me add to that very good point, real quick. Uh, and this is why even if we end up with a Republican and his name is Gettner Drummond, uh, that's not all bad because of what you just said. Second, Uh, Stitt right now has only three appointments on the Supreme Court, the Oklahoma Supreme Court, only three. I know he's desperate to get two more. And the reason that is so dangerous is the ruling that came down about two hours ago from the Texas Supreme Court. Mm, Yes. Sided with Paxton, that moron down in Texas. So we can head off any more horrible appointments to the Supreme Court with a person like Drummond. That's worth a lot uh, in itself. So,
1: um, you know, catch me up on this one. So, you know, I know, I mean, the legislature had to pass, you know, changes to his appointment powers for the agencies that he can now appoint. A majority of board members, too. Would they also have to do that for the Supreme Court? But I mean, isn't I mean, this this is this is an area where the right has really tried to stick their fingers in for years, right? Just the actual judicial nominating
2: process. You're exactly right. And we just finished a course uh, again in the area that I get to have some fun with at OU <laughs> on the 1960s court scandal that led to the reform of the court system in Oklahoma. Well, our current crowd in charge out on 23rd Street uh, can't remember last week let alone the 60s.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they're out
2: there fooling around wanting to change the process about who appoints the Supreme the Oklahoma Supreme Court justices. What they need to do is simply sit down and say, well, how happy are we with what we've already given this guy, meaning stit, when it comes to the appointing powers over directors, direct appointment over yep. directors of the five big agencies, and have turned the uh, the uh, boards and commissions into nothing more than nothing at Remember all.
1: Stamps, yep, yep everything stamps. Exactly.
2: So, I mean, because hopefully-
1: that's effectively what you have at the health department. That's effectively what you have at the state Department of Education. That's effectively what you have at the healthcare authority because of the changes that have happened since 2019.
2: Commerce, um, mental health, five of them. That's yep, right. Yeah,
1: I mean, and the ones he took control of, which you know, as I've long posited, were the last um, not privately held agencies. Right? That they were they were the state agencies that were not outsourcing their shit. That's already changed with OHCA, as we've seen. I'm sure we'll see that with um, DMH, if he can get through that. Um, but, you know, I mean, it is interesting because on the one hand, I think they are pissed off enough of him and like fed up with him that I don't think we'd see a bill like that pass potentially. But then you see, you know, um, a whole a, a, a slew of um, majority leaders change, chairs, you know, chair uh, committee chairs change. I mean, shit, you know, if that bill got out of committee and made it onto the floor, you know, that that, that judicial nominating process would be toast.
2: I, I think you're right. If it ever came to a, a a vote with the Oklahoma City chamber out there banging the drum, now they're not out there over what we've been talking about. They're out there because of uh, tort reform and yep. because of workers comp. That's yep. what they care about. Let's and be they honest. have
1: gotten those, as we all recall, they yeah. got those in special session and they got them through,
2: right? But, so. it, but it's never enough. It's never yep. enough for that downtown crowd. They're never happy. And until they get to appoint the Supreme Court justices, they'll continue to be unhappy and they'll just simply continue to buy the legislators that they need to buy through their
1: donations. Because our the state Supreme Court is one of the last sane, <laughs> you know, we actually have a pardon and parole board that is, you know, humane right now, but it can be completely trumped, you no know, pun intended, by the governor, right, okay. since he has the last say on clemency and pardon and parole. That's but, right. I mean, you know, our state Supreme Court, I, I mean, gosh, I mean, the 10 years that I've been back. You know, it, this has just been kind of that undercurrent of discussion of you know, fiddling with the judicial nominating process. Um, but you know, if that bill made it to the floor,
2: yeah. Well, and as you look at this, people Supreme- would be
1: afraid to vote no.
2: You know, that's right. You you can go back to George Nye. He still has an appointment on the Supreme Court. One of the finest persons mm-hmm. ever served. Yvonne Cogger was appointed by. George Nye in 1984. Brad Henry has two, maybe three people he appointed, lawyers, talented people yep. uh, still on the court. Uh, uh, one or two others. Uh, Walters may have one. I can't remember for sure. But give sted one or two more of uh, the kinds of people he's going to appoint. You're going to and... have John
1: O'Connor's of the world.
2: Thank you. That's right. That's right. <laughs>
1: I mean, it's this, it's the same logic that Trump uses with all of his judicial nominees, right? People who are not who are not fit that the board, you know, the the what the ABA came out like, hell no to this person. And yet they passed anyways. So, I mean, the, the votes will be formalities if we ever get that to the floor, because people will be, you know, cowed by the potential of it. It, it just takes a few more demagogues in um, positions of leadership in the House or the Senate. And I, I think we'd be in real trouble in that regard. But if they can't get it passed, you know, I mean, it it is a bright spot, I'd say.
2: Let me uh, toss out a name that may be new, not new, but uh, people have been wondering what this election, uh, if it's tomorrow down in uh, Lawton, who might win that seat.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, there's a, a Democrat named Larry Bush, a Republican named, I think it's Devers. Devers, yep. Yeah. Some people say that uh, the current pro tem had a 20 to 18 vote victory that allowed him to keep his seat. And that with the arrival of Devers, if it is indeed Devers, there actually might be another vote uh, since it was so close. Then Devers would obviously vote for anybody except Treat. Uh, mm-hmm. It's the theory I get. So, the name I'm offering up as the next pro tem, and you all can probably confirm it, is this fellow McCourtney, who's the current majority yes. leader uh, from ADA. He obviously will have the chicks for him. Is that where you all think the, the next? I think one? it's a
1: possibility. I I like Senator McCourtney. I really do. I think he's a, a, a decent fellow, and I think he, um, but he does.
0: Can he get he does, the votes?
1: I don't, I don't know, but I mean, he. I don't know.
0: The Senate's he, turned harder he, right. In, he's
1: not uh, so in moderate areas. though. That like he he does push some of those far right issues, right? Like he's not going to vote against.
2: Well, the good news is his opponent. I am told that uh, one of the truly awful members of the Senate is the uh, the other guy currently with a some backing. That would be uh, the Senator Bullard from. Uh, oh. You know, your oh. response everything i needed to hear so oh that's bad news
0: you know that he's a good news bad news situation the good news is that he's no longer in the classroom shaping the minds of oklahoma's youth the bad but, news is he's now in the legislature making laws i mean my god yeah well but and it looks like everything that i hear kyle hilbert looks like he's the heir apparent to mccall
1: he's not even is he even 30 yet like that's the thing i'm just like is is he even 30
0: you're talking about his age or his iq i'm not sure where, I, so.
1: I mean he he somehow I know that like,
0: was a cheap shot sorry cal i couldn't you resist. said it
1: not me but yeah i mean that's the one time i'll ever say that right like no i'm just like he i don't know that he's even 30 and i and i don't know like he just kind of you know he was vice you know vice chair for a and b like
2: yeah right i understand uh, How did this happen? Does he have the
0: chops? Oh, I, I mean, think it, that's a tough position.
1: He's he's run like some like he the red bud funding thing student or yeah. he he ran that bill. I mean, so to pass a bill like that, you know, that's a pretty that's a pretty big piece of legislation to well,
2: pass monetarily. the monetary. the kids were
0: greased. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I mean for it was, to be his name, a... not Chairman Wallace, not, you know, the House like education chair, I mean, that signals to me a lot. I, I'd say in the House, uh, I think Marcus McIntyre is going to keep, I, I think he's well-respected. I mean, I, he's actually, there.
2: Yeah. He ain't running.
1: No, for House?
2: For, he's for Speaker? He's out. No, he's not running again, period.
1: Oh my gosh, I didn't know this.
2: Breaking news, breaking news. You need to call Cal occasionally, breaking news.
1: (laughs) I'll do that. He isn't running. Uh,
2: I found out about uh, three or four months ago when he worked his ass off, uh, fighting off the the bill that was going to require every uh, physical therapist, every uh, psychologist uh, to report every one of their clients and their papers related to them. I think after he went down that road and fought that battle, he pretty much said enough of this.
1: See, McCourt- McC- McCourtney and McIntyre are kind of peas in a pod, you know? Yeah. So like, I don't know who McCourtney's counterpart in the House will be at this point. But I mean, I, I, at the same time, like, I, I kind of feel better when legislators walk away because of the bullshit, like, like a David Perryman, right? Just because they're like, yeah. enough, right? I mean, it, it just... It tells me that their moral compass is intact, you know, sometimes. I mean, but that is sad because I feel like he was a really good voice.
2: Yeah, he was. He was. That is
1: really unfortunate.
2: That's kind of where you end up uh, when they fight these battles and uh, lose more than they win. Uh, I mean, he because he pushed
1: some big time issues like, you know, healthcare was his thing. Medicaid. That's That's how I met him, you know. Um, And what was impressive about him and McCourtney is they were actually going to the subject area experts on Medicaid expansion, right? What do we need to know about this? That's right. Um, Which, like, you have Stitt. What are the lobbyists telling me? Not the subject area experts, right? Because that's literally what happened with Medicaid for him. That's Um, right. But, you know, I mean, in... I, I certainly have my opinions on managed care in the state, but I know he tried to do right by the providers and, you know, so, but, so it's, I don't know. I, it's just, that is a damn shame, but.
2: Well, you, you, you nailed it exactly The he he was on that tight rope of recognizing where the governor was, which was, I'm for sale, uh, Edna, Blue Cross, just whatever you want versus, Uh, Where uh, McIntyre was attempting to head off the worst possible scenario when it came to healthcare services, so his middle ground uh, Mm -hmm. has more good than bad. uh, But the the battle took a lot out of him, and uh, he's got a young family, and so he probably says he's got a
1: business back home. And I mean,
2: yeah. So there you have it. But, But we'll see who gets those appropriation jobs. We probably know who the speaker and the pro tem are going to be, but that next level down, floor leader, appropriations chair, and vice chair. Eccles the,
1: terming out too. Sorry, I know he came in after Inman, just barely though.
2: Uh, who's turning out? Eccles. Yes, Eccles is term limited. Also,
1: oh, shit.
2: <laughs> That's what I mean about uh, the next level down yes. going to be vacant. I mean, because
1: so and the thing is, is like. The last I looked, his assistant floor leaders were kind of like. Uh, I just think of Bob Newhart and like Daryl and Daryl, you know. <laughs>
2: when when it's really important, he's out <laughs> there and he takes over the floor, and mm-hmm. you know, but uh, there were remember this uh, on the goofy bill about the uh, uh, the private money, the hundred and fifty million to three hundred million. There were 10 Republicans, 10 Republican House members that voted against that bill right into his face that day. Now, that took some courage from those guys, but they at least could figure out that they were about to get screwed over, that if they were going to get any private school money out in Goateebo, Oklahoma, it'd be an empty building that would last about six months long enough for the charlatan to run off with the cash to Vegas or something. Yeah. They at least showed the courage, 10 of them. And maybe there's some hope there. I don't know. I'm thinking like, you know, because Chad Caldwell in the house is the guy who would always, he he
1: was that guy, right? Like when I remember when Treats, I can't remember which one of Treats' bills, they couldn't find an author in the house. And of course it was Chad fucking, (laughs) excuse me, that was like the author on the treats bill in the house so it could actually be heard right and he was the one that ran against uh uh, mccall for speaker i mean like i said he's that guy right he is that guy um and i wonder if he's still in his office across from the old press room in the Capitol. like he was really just relegated to the back corner on the fourth floor (laughs) it was funny um
2: you must have forgotten where my office was because (laughs) That's exactly <laughs> where I was sent to. So, but you,
1: but you know where I, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Then, like he you're, you're was right. completely castigated because of some shit that he pulled. But I'm um, I'm just trying to think of who else those pains in the asses are. You know, but I I just I'm just I, wow. This is this is going to be this is going to be interesting.
2: All all new array of uh, uh, yep. leaders, and so that's why I raised it on our list of things. Yep. to talk about. Uh, One other thing you might think about, uh, the turnover within the uh, cabinet structure. Mm -hmm. I've never seen anything quite like it. The people that have had those jobs have come and gone within months. Uh, There may be some interesting outcomes for those who left under, let's just say, not the best of circumstances. If indeed the FBI and the OSBI are in town. And looking around at these deals that are still in play out there, like Epic, like Swadley's, uh, uh, like over at the School Land Commission,
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, there are others. So stay on top of that also. And you're digging around; more to be told there, perhaps.
1: I mean that that's in the watch with popcorn category, right?
2: Like that's right. That's right. <laughs> But
0: what what about what do we predict is going to happen for next year?
2: Uh, Well, uh, I wrote down a couple. I'm sorry, go ahead. A couple of three things. The number one thing, not that our state is in play, but uh, nationally, you've got to remain interested in a situation where at least the polling data tonight that just came out in Michigan and in Georgia says those people down there actually want uh, a return to uh, the greatest crook in the history of this country, Donald Trump, to be uh, president again. We've got to stay on top of that. Uh, Meanwhile,
0: they're all busy uh, ironing their brown shirts. Uh, that's, oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> that's right.
2: Yeah, uh, that's right. I'm going to be watching the uh, this thing about uh, mobile sports wagering. Uh, see how uh, transparent Stitt becomes in trying to promote his idea on that. We know the tribes are going to fight that hammer and tong, uh, and then the structure of the the new leaders in both the House and the Senate.
0: Well, I've got three things on my list, uh, also, and I decided that I was going to do crack. Well, not crackpot stuff, but I'm you know I'm I'm going to actually make some predictions here. Okay. And I'm not saying it's going to happen this year, but I predict that Ryan Walters will not finish his term.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He'll be indicted or he will resign in a plea deal. And I i think he's going down in flames. I think it's only a matter of time. I don't think the DeVos crowd and those folks care one whit. They'll find somebody else that they can buy and put up there as their mm-hmm. stooge.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: uh, and you know he th- He thinks he's arrived, you know, to that place that he always deserved to be, and it's a bigger they are, harder they fall. So I'm I'm absolutely convinced that he will not finish his term. I'm not predicting it's going to happen this year, but it could.
2: Yeah.
0: Um. So that's one. Two. I think Kevin Stitt will get the boot from the Cherokee Nation rolls before this year's out. And. which he probably should have never been on in the first place if his family hadn't bought into it
2: uh-huh.
0: uh, years ago, and and three, I think that Charles McCall will pander to every white right wing wet dream <laughs> in an attempt to tra- to transform himself into a viable twenty twenty six gubernatorial contender, hmm. and that should scare the taxpayers of Oklahoma no end. Well, so those, we those see are like my three go. predictions, and you know we'll come back in here and go,
2: God, what, what was he drinking
0: or smoking that night? Holy cow.
2: I think those are three pretty interesting ones, and it'll be easy for McCall to to introduce himself to the voters because they have no clue who the hell he is now because I don't think I've seen him on the House floor more than mm-hmm. about 10 minutes and never presiding. so so uh, so that's my prediction.
1: We will know that's going to happen if suddenly he starts presiding on the floor and starts taking, you know, you know, pontificating from the and holding press conferences where he talks like that, I think, will be our biggest indicator um, that he is indeed running.
0: You Mm -hmm. know, I've I've had people suggest to me that they do not think he can possibly win because in part he looks and sounds like a small town undertaker. (laughs) <laughs> but that's,
1: that's not wrong
0: <laughs> Jethro Bodine twice as governor so might might say like Kevin
1: Stitt twice as governor I that's mean, what I
0: mean I'm talking Jethro Bodine okay. Okay. <laughs> there's another problem hillbilly. boy that aged me didn't
2: it uh, that's another, a another problem for uh, him to have a path to the governor's chair that is that speakers and pro tems almost never do any good uh, for leaving those corner offices at the Capitol. What's great?
1: Uh, what great? What's Greg Treat's next move? What's he want to do?
2: That's exactly my point. There's a whole list of things he would want to do, but uh, you have so many slings and arrows. Uh, from those man. two jobs that... Uh,
1: I, I feel like someone just like defibrillates him every morning and just puts him <laughs> out. You know, like, it's just like you know, getting you know, back
2: in the car again. Oh,
1: my God. You know,
0: Cal, they used to make that same claim about attorneys general, and... um Yeah. Gettner Drummond may defy the odds on that because he has been able to rise above it as a good government protector of the people. Yeah
2: and there's a second reason that makes him more viable than most uh <laughs> for, yes thank you very much yeah
1: the Drummonds well, are kind of a big deal
2: see, I, guess. I was rubbing the dollar bills yeah, yeah.
1: i i guess the Drummonds are a big deal up in northeast oklahoma
2: so they're, we here. they're so we very care. big deal let me recommend something for you all to really enjoy uh, <laughs> it is uh a 10 uh piece podcast in other words uh at least 10 hours of a podcast paid for by, uh, Bloomberg. Uh, I, I think it's, uh, the subtitle is, uh, in trust and it covers a wonderful lady reporter gets up there into the Osage world and goes back to all those years, uh, about, uh, the, the white guys coming in to, Osage Country and screwing those people. Rebecca or is it Rebecca Nagel? It may be. Uh, okay. But go to Bloomberg, interest, and then if you don't want to listen to all ten of them, listen to segment four and five, because she actually is able to interview Getner Drummond, and yet mm. to talk about his father, his grandparents, how they accumulated land, made deals, and all that. Take the time to listen to those uh, those podcasts on that particular topic.
1: That sounds great.
2: It is very interesting.
1: You know, I mean, so I I so we should probably wrap it up because we could probably talk about this crap all night because you know that's just us. But um, (laughs) um, you know, it 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 just it reminds me of um, there was this little film this year, right? This little film that had these little stars in it. Uh, you may have heard of him, Robert De Niro, Leonardo DiCaprio. It was this this director that no one's ever heard of, Martin Scorsese.
2: News to me. News to me. Uh, yeah, I've
1: never to- heard of this movie. Right? Came out no. of nowhere.
2: Let's see. Was it about that uh, uh, blonde lady? Act was barbie or something is that the yeah, one you're- no
1: no actually oh. it was completely different than that right and it had no relation to our state what so fucking ever <laughs> and yet and yet we have a governor who didn't even bother to show up to the premier <laughs> right that i mean like we had like this was a big deal to our you know the the first nations in our state right like i mean like the, um, you know, our again back to our friend Jim Gray, who's a direct descendant of one of the, you know, the characters in the movie *Killers of the Flower Moon*, yeah. um, the Red Corn family. I mean, all of these people, like we had direct connections to this movie, yeah. Um, and he did not a damn thing about it.
2: Of course not. He's not the star. He he wouldn't get uh,
1: no. He to had well. no cameo in there either, right? It didn't tell his story of stealing land. It told some other guy's story of stealing land, but. I, I just like, I, I just think of October and November. Um, what a momentous occasion this was for people in our state to have their story told on this scale. Yeah. And all he could muster between those two months was one day in his contrived Oklahoma Family Month, where he honored so-called Native families. Yep. And, and I mean, the man is just horrendous.
2: And horrendous. Uh, here's a wild prediction this thing i've never heard of this movie you're talking about yeah no one's seen it let me go out on a limb uh, movie of the year probably
1: i i it was such a beautiful film yeah it was such an amazing film um you know robert de niro's accent at the beginning worked and then he kind of like fell off from his accent near the end um, but other than that, I feel like it was so incredibly powerful. And so the, for those who don't know, you know, the Golden Globe Award nominations just came out today and it just kind of, it, you know, best picture, best actor, best actress, best director. Sweep um, yeah. yeah. I mean, Killers of the Flower Moon. And it's just like the the impact that a story like this would have for people of the state of Oklahoma. You know, to yeah. think that the Osages were the only nation where this stuff was happening. It's it just, and he didn't have a damn thing to say about it.
2: Uh, and I know we got to wrap up for two reasons. Uh, this segment of, of us talking has gone on about an hour and 30 or 40 minutes. You, <laughs> boil, you boil it down, I think, to about an hour. And that'll be easy to do when they cut all of your F words. and. Other <laughs> I'm the editor, so I'll be
1: the one that decides.
2: <laughs> okay. Well, well, that'll take a for my foul mouth. <laughs> and then the other thing is, as you all tuck in tonight about 1030, be sure and watch Stephen Colbert tonight because he's back after his surgery. Oh, and great. And his guest is none other than Liz Cheney. So it ought to be quite a night. Oh, oh dang. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, well, so. Fun. I loved it. Thank you for having me. Oh, yes. it was a blast. It was fantastic.
1: Pardon my foul mouth, everyone.
2: Didn't <laughs> bother me at all. We're, it's earthy. It's earthy.
1: Yeah. I'm down to earth. I'm authentic.
2: And I used to own a nightclub, so I've heard you uh, <laughs> <about 30> before.
1: <laughs> yeah, my husband would be like, yeah, that's her. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> all right, good night, Kyle. It was great. Joy. Yeah, yeah. Good night. Thank you for listening to this episode of ObserverCast. If you like what you hear, please tell your friends about us and share our episodes far and wide on social media. If you're interested in sponsoring ObserverCast, please give Arnold Hamilton a call at 405-478-8700 or drop him an email at ahamilton at okobserver.org. You can also support ObserverCast with a tax-deductible donation to the Oklahoma Observer Democracy Foundation, whose mission is to help create a better, more informed Oklahoma. And to help keep us on the air, visit okobserver.org and click on the Donate button on the upper right side of the homepage. We also urge you to subscribe to the Oklahoma Observer, now in its 55th year of comforting the afflicted and afflicting the comfortable. We have a special digital subscription rate for ObserverCast listeners, only $1.99 a month for the first year. That's 50% off the usual rate for monthly digital subscribers. Just use the coupon code ObserverCast when checking out to get the discount rate. And finally, we want to thank Jared Deck for the music you're listening to in the background here. He's not just the resident of Norman anymore. He is now the Oklahoma State Representative for House District 44. Congratulations, Representative Deck. We're so proud of you. But you can still download his albums at iTunes and learn more, including dates for any upcoming performances at jareddeckmusic.com.